0: What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip.
1: Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> ECW one-weight champion. The ECW. When you want the load down the professional wrestling, come right here to the two-man power trip of wrestling. You'll get all the
2: load down. Ha, 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 ha. Well, guys, it's great to be on the, on the
0: show again. I appreciate you asking me back. It just You said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. but Chad and John, the two-man power trip. That's, uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves.
1: Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go or what? Oh, okay.
0: This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Hey, man, what's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie! Homicide with a big homie club! Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. who you're gonna face in Ultima Lucha. And that's that.
2: That's the right choice, man. Good job, E.
3: Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at the Loot Locker. The Loot Locker is a monthly trading card box subscription delivered right to your front door featuring some of your favorite sports including baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and even for you entertainment and television card collectors. You never know what you're going to find. So get on over to TheLootLocker.com for subscription information and stay tuned for a very special promotion courtesy of our good friends over at The Loot Locker and The Loot Locker. Dot com, And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only primetime, John Boz. And John. today on the show, we're joined by quite simply the white whale of the two-man power trip of wrestling business as Lucha Underground's Vampiro joins the two-man power trip of wrestling. And I say our white whale because it's taken quite a long time to get Vampiro on, uh, even prior to Lucha Underground getting off the proverbial ground. We've been trying to get Vampiro for quite a long time. I know both of us have always been such an admirer of his work and definitely see what he's done in Lucha Underground, they are being the beneficiaries of the great work and the creative mind of Vampiro in so many different facets, whether it's as a performer or as a color commentator or as some of the backstage specialties that he's brought to the table, uh, a part of the Lucha Underground family. And John, when we talk about Vampiro, and we even talk about the fact that when I say our white whale, again, it's because we've been trying to get this interview together for a long time. And even together, the two men. Power Trip having a little bit of a miscue as uh, our scheduling was a little bit off and I couldn't get on this episode until the end, but I listened to about 25 to 30 minutes of this live and listened to the riveting stories and quite simply the detailed background of Vampiro, which is so incredibly fascinating and I can't wait for the listeners to get a chance to hear all of this coming straight from the horse's head. But John, as we get rolling and we talk about Lucha Underground and we talk about Vampiro role why don't you tell us a little bit about how he's become one of the greatest color commentary specialists of the modern era as well as all the cool things that he's doing behind the scenes to help Lucha Underground grow to absolute new heights
2: yes Chad back here again at the two-man power trip of a wrestling this is an awesome episode Featuring a Lucha Underground star, and that is Vampiro. Of course, Lucha Underground is available every Wednesday night for your viewing pleasure on the L Ray network starting at 8 p.m. So please check out Lucha Underground on L Ray. Now, Chad, as we're talking about Lucha Underground, obviously we're talking about Vampiro and what is his role with Lucha Underground, what is his role for the show. Well, he plays many roles, and we have, and he has many, many hats, and we find out in this interview all those hats that he has, and it's crazy to think what he's actually doing for that company and how he is helping them succeed and get to where they are now, an agent, a producer, a talent scout, this and that, but most importantly, on air, he is an announcer. He works as both the English and Spanish color man as an announcer on the show obviously for the English side he does it with Matt Stryker and those two have some great chemistry Matt Stryker former guest of the show and gives you some great insight on Vampiro and Vampiro gives you some great insight on Matt Stryker so that was cool also on the Spanish side Hugo Savinovich a somewhat of a legendary uh, announce figure from his uh, Spanish announce table days at the WWE so everyone knows him very well but him and Vampiro also have some fantastic chemistry as well the thing that i really like about vampiro at the announce table is he's very real he's very believable and you truly feel his emotion when he's out there and if you just look at the crowd, the crowd kind of feeds off his emotions sometimes too. So the temple gets into it as Vampiro is getting into it. So I just I just love that about him and I like his style as an announcer. He's different and he's very real, like I said, and he's very believable. So I really enjoy him and I really enjoy him and Matt Stryker and that chemistry that those two have. But besides all that and, and sticking in Lucha Underground here, when that master storyline came out and Pentagon Jr., who might be the biggest breakout star in lucha underground i mean you got some great guys uh mantazna uh Zana, excuse me um jeff cobb aka he has been great with uh, dario Cueto. Uh, mil muertes is great with katrina so i mean they got some great talent and, and some great guys but i really feel like pentagon jr and vampiro basically backed me up on it saying that he was the real breakout star of Lucha Underground so the master storyline with Pentagon just was awesome I really really enjoyed that storyline I just thought it was so cool the way it was put together you didn't really know who the master was and then it was revealed after the match with Vampiro which was an awesome just hardcore epic brawl just a bloody battle it was an awesome match anybody that didn't see that go check out Vampiro versus Pentagon Jr in a hardcore brawl It's just an amazing match but then Vampiro puts him over, which is just great because you need that. You need that big star to put over that up-and-coming guy because that's the way the wrestling business works. And if you really want Pentagon Jr. to be the next star, who better to put him over than Vampiro himself? So he reveals himself to be the master, which was just awesome. And I loved how it all came together. And and like he says in the interview, it kind of just goes hand-in-hand with the great Muda and KG Muto. It's just like the Vampiro, the announcer, then you got Vampiro the master the the, the psychotic the uh, the crazy man so i just love that and i love the uh, the homage to the great muda there who was obviously one of his uh, one of his favorites so that was awesome and i just really really love lucha underground and what they're able to do and we go really in depth with how different of a program lucha underground really is
3: Oh yeah, absolutely, and I can't really discount at all that brawl between Pentagon Jr. and Vampiro because uh, you don't see much like that nowadays. You don't see that hardcore brawl, and I definitely can really pinpoint that as a uh, definite standout match, uh, or at least one that I really did Get into uh, more than a couple others, I'd say, over the last couple of years, and I'm not really a big fan of those hardcore brawls, but it was just definitely something that stood out, and that's a great thing to kind of describe Vampiro as a whole. It's uh, standing out, and you think about his career, you think about how he just he wrestled all over the world, he traveled the globe. He was a sensation in all the places that he went. He was like a god in Mexico. And, John, I know it's something that you really were digging deep into this interview was uh, all the places he had wrestled, all the people that he had kind of had a history with. And it's really it's a great walk down memory lane with Vampiro. But kind of tell us a little bit more about some of the things that we're going to get into. I know there's a few, uh, a few standout points that you really uh, were looking to kind of hit with uh, Vampiro. And uh, definitely hit your expectations. And uh, there's definitely a lot to cover, and when you have a career as in depth and, uh, and and I would say as prestigious in a way of uh, the great Vampiro.
2: Well, yes, you can't just talk about Lucha Underground with Vampiro, Chad. You got to go into his career and how much of a huge, huge star he was in Mexico. I'm not just talking about AAA or UWA or even CMLL. Just just his whole career in Mexico, he just be, you know became one of those guys that transcended the wrestling business he was such a big star down there he was just monumental and it's funny that like as he says a white canadian guy became such a big star down there in mexico it's crazy we talk about how he was basically an overnight sensation he immediately got over down there because he was so different and he looked so cool the fans just were drawn to him immediately so that was really really cool we talk about his feud with conan both inside and outside of the ring how much of that's true that they didn't like each other how much is it true that they didn't really get along we go deep into that we really really touch on all cylinders on that one that was a a great topic that i was dying to get into also we get into the great muta like i mentioned before one of his favorites one of his idols kind of an homage that he did with the master how he had the two different characters and obviously Muta had his two different characters KG Muto and the Great Muda. So it was great hearing from him how he teamed with his idol. And not only that, he wrestled his idol. So that's really cool. Obviously, we had to talk about WCW, the backstage politics. WCW, quite frankly, dropping the ball. We had to talk about the brothers in paint. We had to talk about his feud with Sting, what Sting thinks of him, what he thinks of Sting. So we get into all that fun stuff. Even we talk about TNA, the big-time Raven feud that went on there his heat or perceived heat with jeff jarrett we get into that we get into any interest from the wb and vince mcmahon after the closing of wcw and of course one of my favorite topics japan gotta talk about japan we talked about a lot of all japan with vampiro and his epic little war against kawata and what happened there is they were both stiffing each other with some stiff kicks so this is a, a great interview vampiro is one of my favorites He's just so fun to talk to. He's so engaging. Every answer he gives you is a good one. And this was just an amazing interview from where I stand. You know, where I stand. He's one of those guys that's kind of been, like you mentioned before, Chad, kind of been a white whale for us. We were supposed to get him on a couple times. Um, Either we we couldn't do it or he couldn't do it. It kind of eluded us for a little bit. And we were finally able to come together and get this done. And, And, boy, did we love it. It was a ton of fun. And it was awesome to finally get on El Vampiro. Canadiense Vampiro.
3: Don't forget Lucha Underground is every Wednesday night on the El Rey Network. Get on over to LuchaUnderground.com for more information about their amazing product, where you can check it out in your neck of the woods, as well as watch some match footage. Get on there and see what's in the merch store. Get on and join the community and talk about Lucha Underground in a way that I think uh, needs to be talked about, and that is by spreading the word of a great wrestling product that is slowly but surely making its mark on the absolutely crazy world of professional wrestling. And we also want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by The Loot Locker. And The Loot Locker is bringing a special promotion your way to the two-man power trip of wrestling universe. This coming week as we're going to give away a special one month subscription to the Loot Locker that's going to either feature a baseball locker, a football locker, a basketball locker, or a hockey locker. And hey, even if you want in on that TV and movie Loot Locker, you never know what you're going to get in there. You could possibly look to drop over $100 if you were to do this on your own and go get trading cards from wherever you get them. But you're going to get premium hobby style packs in a very unique box in in the shape of a locker courtesy of our good friends over at the loot locker and look for that in the next episode of the two man power trip as we uh, can't wait to announce who that's going to be but you will get the opportunity to get your very own loot locker as part of that show and john before we get it on over to the interview why don't you take him the rest of the way and hit him with a little bit of two man power trip of wrestling business <laughs>
2: And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at wrestling Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. Please subscribe to us on YouTube where you will find the latest and greatest clips from our show. Also, please subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, please check out the feed for prior legendary episodes with the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Stan the Lariat Hanson, WWE's lead attorney, Jerry McDowell of the phenomenal AJ Styles, the Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, the Demon Kane, and so 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 many others. Also, please check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. While you're there, please check out the events page. See if the two-man power trip and one of our friends is coming to your town. So please check that out and check out the events page. Also, while you're surfing the net, check out wrestlinginc.com. That is wrestlinginc.com. They are the greatest wrestling news site in the world, so you got to check them out. Also... Check out ProWrestlingTees.com Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com You can check out our page on there You can check out Tito Santana Kevin Thorne, Paul Orndorf, Buff Bagwell And so many others And for any of you Android users out there Please check us out on PlayerFM And now, without any further ado, a former WCW Tag Team Champion, a former AAA Tag Team Champion, he is a wrestling legend, he is one of the biggest Lucha Libre stars of all time, he is a current star in Lucha Underground, he is the master himself, he is Vampiro, please enjoy.
1: He's the former WCW and AAA World Tag Team Champion. He's known as El Aventurero Kennedy, to some, but to us. He is the Lucha Underground announcer and sometimes master. He is Vampiro. Vampiro, welcome to Two Man Power Trip Public Wrestling.
0: Wow. Well, thanks for the build up, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, no problem. Long-time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long time fan of yours, but, you know, first and foremost, i got to talk about Lucha Underground and, and what difference it is in the wrestling world and how different it is from the rest. What's your experience been like with Lucha Underground? You basically you know, you start from season one and all the way up to now season three.
0: Um, it's been interesting for me because I, I've had to come to terms with certain things in life. Uh, one, the biggest one would be the transition from uh, getting back into the wrestling business, letting go the, the entertainment part of it and the getting more involved behind the scenes. So it's been an incredible learning process for me, and it's just given me the opportunity to fall in love with wrestling again. I I absolutely think that I was cut out for that, for this job that I'm doing now more than I was when I was in the ring. Um, I love the position I have in the company. I'm doing a few things. they're, They're going to be making an announcement very soon about something that I can't really... Say until they say, but all the uh, what I can tell you is my experience, um, being around quality people and having the right people guide me to learn this new position has definitely made it fun, and in turn, it's enabled me to excel and um just grow within the company. So, uh, as far as that, I don't know if that's the right answer that you were looking for, but. What I've gotten out of it so far has just been a rebirth. It's an incredible experience, and I've never ever seen anything like it in my whole career. So, it's just awesome, dude. Lucha
1: Underground is so different and it's so cool, and it's great to see El Rey Network get so. Behind why is it guys. different?
0: You t- tell me. Why? Why is it different? You're. I mean, I know why it's different, but why is it different for you? It's
1: not the cookie cutter show it's not the generic show like okay this guy comes out for an interview for you know 10 minutes to start every single show it's going to be boring and they're going to set up the match to love the production value the production value is totally different the way it's filmed is different the way you go into you know dario cuerto's office it's just different it's almost like right a movie it's like a big time movie but it's made into an awesome tv show
0: right gotcha okay
1: so it's, to me, the, and the production value sets it along, you know, by itself. It just yeah it off, makes it different. Night and
0: day. Sure, sure. Okay, I just wanted to ask. I was curious.
1: So what do you think about the production? And like you said, you're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Is that just, you know, something great that you've been able to sink your teeth into and learn, like, wow, this is the production and what L Ray does and what Lucha's doing and Robert Rodriguez and everybody are putting into it on the production end of things?
0: Um, I, I think it's taught us all, even even guys who are who are getting their first break in the business. I, I mean, um, people who have done smaller type indie shows, for example. And this is not an insult, so please don't take it that way. I think it's afforded us uh, uh, the opportunity to learn, and and I don't know what the right way to s- evolve. It's wrestling goes in cycles. You know what I mean? It goes every twelve or thirteen years. Uh, and then it goes on a downswing and then it comes back up in popularity. I think the the level of production, the level the quality of people that are running the show behind the scenes has definitely taught us as performers to look at things from a different perspective and I really think that shows in the ring because it just flows there's never any hiccups and I really think that goes to show that not only do we have extremely talented people behind the scenes, but they are also so professional that they've actually taught us how to be p- better pro wrestlers. And they're people who have come from a television world and don't know anything about our business, right? So I think hmm. that is something that nobody really touches on, but that's what I see. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. And Pretty cool, so cool answer, to huh?
1: See. Yeah, I like that, yep. <laughs> And it's very cool, the episodic feel to it, because sometimes when you watch other wrestling shows, like you could miss a week
0: or two weeks or whatever, feel like the Lucha Underground is so episodic. If you miss a week, you miss a lot, right? Yeah, I, I'm a, sorry if you hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something very gothic and very, very demonic right now. I'm carrying in uh, a <laughs> kidney litter for my kittens. So, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> I'm, um, I, I, I'm a big fan Uh, of the walking dead and i'm also a big fan of the way the jason boren movies were edited why do i say it like that well if 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 you remember when the walking dead started at the end of season one they didn't even have the budget to pay actors to be extras to be zombies that's why there's no dead people and 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 it it just turned into this phenom that it is, you know, we're going into what season eight or whatever it is, and it's just a worldwide phenomenon that it is. I think that style of television, the the, the ultra violent cliffhanger type thing, really set the bar high, and I think we're kind of going that route. That would be one thing, and the way it's edited, the tightness, the crispness, the the production value, going into the office, all the backstories, everybody has a real character. It's, and it's shot and cut, you know, like those fight scenes in, James, in the Jason Bourne movies. They're so tight. They're so crisp. They're so violent. They're so on point. I think that that's a good way to describe how things are going when we see it, when we're shooting it. It's just, our, it's just another thing, man. It's not your traditional wrestling show at all. There's nothing like it, and nobody can even compare. They definitely try to copy, as you well know, but um, they're not <laughs> even close, man. Did any of that – any of this making any sense, man? I'm sorry. I don't even know
1: oh. if this is what you were expecting, but – Yes, yeah, 100%. This is awesome, awesome stuff. And
0: okay, was gonna cool, say cool,
1: I with, cool. with, you know, with the production value and everything, you have to have the right announcers to kind of put everything over in the right spot. And you and Matt Stryker have become quite a good team. And we interviewed Matt, and he said at first he wasn't sure how well you guys were going to mess together, but now – You guys have messed together so well and you have such good chemistry. Can you just talk about you and Matt Stryker as the announce duo? Yeah.
0: um, I. hmm, That Matt is so good at what he does. And uh, I've had nothing uh, to do except get better because of his professionalism, right? Because um, I don't know anything about announcing. He's kind of taught me everything as we go along. I certainly know how to get a rise out of people and be be different. So I think the way it works is we're such good friends. And as you know, um, if you're a successful rock band or a musical group, the band needs to know when they need to play their instruments and why they need to hit those notes the way they're hit. Matt and I understand that. We're, we're like two guys that have been in a band together since the beginning of time. And we know when each other needs to have that little breather, when one is going to get pumped up, when one, there's something that we do that, that nobody else does. Like, like what Matt will start really hyping up and his, his voice changes in his, the pattern, his rhythm, he gets faster. So I turn to the people. He doesn't need me there to say anything stupid. So I I turn to the people, and I get people hyped up at the same time and at the same rhythm as he is turning up the volume and the speed of his speech delivery. So we have such a timing that I'm watching him when I'm pumping up the people and I'm running around and I'm off the desk and everybody says, oh, my God, vamps into the match and all that kind of shit. Well, yes, I am. But it's all to help Matt get the point across so you, the viewer, are almost experiencing the same emotion as the crowd does when it's live. And I take a lot of pride in that because that's something that nobody taught me. I don't know if it makes any sense what I just said, but it is such a little detail, and I really think that's what separates us from the rest of the pack.
1: Makes perfect sense to me, and it's absolutely true. And it's funny because those fans there are, are such a great crowd, if you will, the temple. Did you notice that you know when you first started it, that the crowd was going to be something different? That they were going to be so into those shows.
0: Well, the, the greatest thing about it, and and uh, is is I have been afforded the opportunity aside from every single else other thing that I do under the sun for that show, which is a lot. Hmm. Um, hmm. I, I go out there before and I hype the crowd. Like I get in the ring and I get everybody going. So I think when we first started. It was, we had fresh people to educate, so we had open reins, you know what I mean? We didn't have any limits. We could do anything and say anything, and that's how we educated our crowd to understand our type of product, and I really attribute those moments um, that we have before the show to get the crowd going, and they can see it, and they feel it, and they hear it, so they're already on, on the same page before we even start. I do think that that is a major, major part of the success of the show because the fans know what to do, and they tell you at home what to do. So it's just a fucking awesome team, you know what I mean? And who coined the term
1: Temple? Because Matt Stryker claims that you said it was you, but he said it was him. Who actually coined that term?
0: she uh, said it was him.
1: He said that he invented the term, the temple, yeah.
0: Oh, he's full of shit.
1: But I don't (laughs) know who
0: did it. I know it wasn't him, fucking guy. No, no, no. No, he He might have been
1: working me a little bit. Yeah, he might have been working.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the temple uh, was in place long before we got there. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Matt's full of shit.
1: The announcing is great. I, I like the way you guys play off each other and what you describe you guys playing off each other is perfect. But it's interesting to see you wrestle as well and one of the best matches of, of season one and, and that basically that whole year was awesome it was you versus Pentagon Jr., that crazy hardcore match. You got super physical. It was just intense. Did you plan on wrestling when you first signed up for
0: the underground, or was that kind of just a added bonus? Um, we We kind of...
4: We're, we're, we
0: are all aware of, of who Vampiro is, was, used to be, um, and where I am at today. So it, it is illogical not to have that bullet in the chamber for, for a situation that is needed, um, putting a new talent over or helping a storyline along. So we had that in mind. And, I, and I'm very well aware, I'm the first guy to say that, that it would embarrass the talent if I was one of these old-time wrestlers who couldn't let it go and understand that my generation is coming gone and it's time to pass the torch. So we came up with the idea or the decision was made that if it's needed, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge and we come to it. Because physically, uh, I really can't do it anymore. I mean, for me to do that stuff, I'm pretty much... Uh, you know, almost crippling myself because of the I've got 87% chronic arthritis in all my body, the broken bones, my neck, my back. Uh, I lost the heart. So as soon as you lose heart and you go in there and you're not paying attention, you can hurt somebody or you can get hurt. So all those things were put into play and it was kind of like if we really need it, we're going to pull that card out. And uh, we've needed it a few times and it's, it's given the vampiro character a new life. Um, it's pretty cool for me to be like an actor, almost playing two roles. It's awesome. Um, will I wrestle again? Uh, more than likely when I have no clue. Um, why do I say more than likely? Cause I, I, I want to do one more match and, and just have that feeling that I got to say goodbye on my own terms. Right. But yeah, but won't do it if it's not needed. You know, if it's only going if I'm only doing it for ego where we're not going to go that route, I don't have an ego. If it's going to mean something for somebody else and I can elevate somebody, then, yeah, I'd I, I happily do it, right?
1: That sounds good to me. And Pentagon Jr. was a great opponent. He's so over with that crowd. He's so over everywhere he goes. Such a great, almost underrated talent at that point. You kind of really put him on the map, and now he's getting books you know, pretty much everywhere. But what do you think about Pentagon Jr., and what did you
0: think about that whole master storyline? I thought it was great. I mean uh, he, it, the the project project Pentagon how's that? was <laughs> <Well, laughs> we had so much work to do with him. Um, just get him used to the American style, the timing, the gestures. Um, there were some things that he was doing that 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 he wasn't a pro yet. he wasn't a big league marquee guy like. He was doing extra things to try to get him over. And you know pro wrestlers, they make that mistake thinking that if they say more square words or if they spit um, or something like that, that's going to get them over where it actually makes you look stupid. So we had to take those little details out and work on, on explaining to him um, why things work in the United States as opposed to Mexico and vice versa. And it was a process, but we needed something, and that something was he needed a big victory. Um, Sting did it for me in the United States. Hulk Hogan did it for me. Uh, Muda did it for me in Japan. Um, uh, being my partner, being my 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 opponent uh, when I first started in the wrestling business, you know, guys like Stan Hansen, um, the Samoans. Uh, The guys in Canada at the time, the Road Warriors, uh, Rick Martel, Dino Bravo, those guys did it for me. They helped me. When I went to Mexico, all the big stars of the day took me under the wing. So uh, it had to happen, man. You've got to teach the new guys because if they don't, then our industry will die. So it was great to give back. And he was a sponge mentally and physically. He was in the right place. His attitude was phenomenal. And uh, we just basically said, if you do what we say step by step, we will make you the biggest star in the world. And uh, I'm very proud that uh, part of that has come from the match that we did. Because if you really break it down, it's really not that spectacular of a match. It tells a story. That's kind of what I'm proud about for that one. Is any of that kind of what you were hoping to hear, my friend?
1: Oh, yeah. That and then some. That was a great answer. Okay. think about it, that match really, really, I mean, it really put him on the map, and it was such a great story. I mean, I love the addition of the blood and the hardcore. It just adds to it. It just makes it that much more meaningful, and, and you remember it more. And thinking back to the master, were you always supposed to be the master? Was that, was that what they were building to the whole time, or was somebody else in mind for the master, and you kind of stepped
0: in and became the master? No, dude, I was born the master, man. (laughs) Many have tried. I don't want to say any names or any other companies that use three initials to promote themselves, Um, and Hmm. and people pretend to have dual dual personalities. I take that as flattery, (laughs) but no, man, it's kind of like the 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 inspiration for the master. Um, To me, it was Christopher Walken in those movies where he played, you know, a, a, a devil. Um, and, and just the way he was worried about um, Lucifer's son coming to earth. So he was concocting that, that, that demonic plan. I, I just kind of took the master as, as this older samurai vampire on the dark side who has been either good and bad, you know, very voodoo-ish, you know, like a priest who is a conduit. So I, I, I really had that in mind for the character, and um, it's given Vampiro, the, the Vampiro character a new life in another dimension, and I'm so grateful for it, man, really. I, never, I didn't expect it at, fi- at 50 years old to be finally enjoying my career and starting to do something that I like, right? Hmm.
1: Crazy, man, but awesome to think of it that way. And. And cool reference there with the, the Christopher Walken and the, the dark side. I, I like that because the master was such a cool character and it was so different, but it was awesome to see kind of like you playing two sides, you know, the, the good and evil, the, the both sides of you. Is that kind of like, you know, your favorite thing to do, kind of not really play a face or play a heel, but kind of play a, a mix of both?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's my OCD and my my insomnia and my, Addiction to large amounts of ephedrine and adrenaline. Um, Great Muda to me was probably the most awesomest thing ever, you know, when he would paint his face and when he he played two characters. So to me, it's Mm. a tribute to my idol. It's something that influenced me. It's what I've always wanted to do because uh, I am that kind of person, very chameleon-like that one day I, I I'm in this vibe and this is what's got my attention. And, uh, like My body changes weight. It goes up. It goes down. I grow my hair. I shave my head. Whatever it is that I do, um, I need that creative outlet, and, and this has afforded me to do everything. I've I'm, I'm, I'm got a producer's credit on the show. I, I consult with the, the creative. I'm, I'm one of the head agents there. Um, I'm involved in the matches as a wrestler. I'm on the desk. Um, I'm doing things internationally with uh, talent relations right now. Uh, There's a, there's things that are about to be announced. So my fingerprints are everywhere. And I, I'm so grateful that I, that I get to tell anybody who listens to this that Zach wild told me, don't forget the people who came before you in the business. That's why he, he has all these guitar heroes. My heroes were the road warriors, Hulk Hogan, um, Abdul the Butcher, the Sheikh, uh, and the great Muda, so all these crazy, quirky things that I am doing, um, alternative music, the Ramones, rancid, all the misfits, all this stuff, I, this is my way of saying thank you to all of them for being an influence on me because it's afforded me the opportunity to make a living in the business that I love.
1: you, may, you know you mentioned some awesome names. there are some guys you know, i 've been of forever. And it's just so cool, but yeah, I was going to touch on Abdul the Butcher for a second. But I just want to mention um, Lucha Underground is on El Rey Wednesday night, eight p.m. every Wednesday, and everyone should check it, that out. But I want to mention Abdul the Butcher. Did Abdullah actually end up training you? Is that, is that your actual, you know, physical trainer when you got into? I
0: business? mean, yeah. I mean, my training with like when you say he trained you, most people associate that with. Yeah, we did time in the gym, and we, we – you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, with Abdullah, yep, yep, yep. my training – that we did some of that, believe it or not. But my training with Abdullah was the honor of getting to travel with him for two years every day and uh, listen to him, ask him questions, hear the stories. He taught me, you know, how, how to – never become a wrestler, but, you know, become the person that people want to be. And and I understood that point right from the get go. And, 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 you know, Abdullah said, I'm not the greatest wrestler and every night I'll, I'll do the job, but I will be carried out on the stretcher with a championship belt around my waist, or I will scare the public so much that they, they, they have nightmares, you know, and i kind of figured that i would never be a good wrestler because i never was i couldn't give you a headlock if you gave me a million dollars but i certainly know <laughs> how to scare you and do it and, and tell a story and i attribute it to the time that i spent with abdullah period
1: abby was quite a legend obviously he's almost 40 50 year career and he scared many people on many different continents But when you were starting out in the business, I guess, you did you start off in Montreal, Canada? Is that kind of where you started your wrestling career?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where the office was at the time, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, So yeah, that was it. Montreal was a... I mean, this this was before the WWE uh, was even had national television. This is when the WWE was the WWE with their offices in Toronto, and they were a local promotion around the state of New York. They used to come to Montreal and do dual shows with us up there because we had TV. Um, So that's I'm talking like 1984, man. (laughs) That's how far I go back, bro. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, but... Um, I started in Montreal, I left home, I showed up, and uh, I I just begged and begged and begged until um, somebody would pay attention to me and nobody would. And then Abdullah finally called me over and he said, if you really want to do this, um, he introduced me to the person who was setting up the ring at that time. And uh, he said, you know, I could travel with him. I would have to live in the truck. Uh, but if I really wanted to do it, this would be how I would earn my stripes and show everybody, and, uh, well, that's what I did. And here I am.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's crazy that you started all the way in Montreal but became such a huge legend in Mexico. How did you make your travel down to, let's say, CMLL and kind of make your name and make your legend in Mexico and Mexico City?
0: Well, uh, I don't think I'm a legend. And I appreciate you saying that. I mean, what is a legend, right? We got, that's when, when wrestlers start to believe their hype. that's when things get stupid. But thank mm. you for saying that. Um, uh, because at that time, again, there was Calgary, but that was seasonal because of the winter and stuff. And it was a pretty closed, tight-knit little group. There was Memphis or Japan. And the last one was uh, Mexico. So the guy said to me, "If you really want to wrestle every day and learn, you might not make a lot of money, but in Mexico, they, you know they have 30 or 40 matches a week. Um, you can definitely learn and catch on and get ahead of the game really quick, and then you know you start to look for territories in the world where you can get booked Germany, England, France. so everybody would go to a certain place for a couple of months, and that's how things were back then. I just showed up in Mexico uh, with a one-way plane ticket and, and uh, my, my pack sack, and it was kind of like there's no going home, so something better happened, And uh, that's how it went.
1: And you became somewhat of an overnight sensation almost right away, right? You kind of were able to. Yeah. Once you, were yeah. On, you almost got over right away. How did How did that happen? It's almost surreal to think, like, Oh, you know, I was green, or I wasn't really that good, but you were a sensation that night.
0: Um, But I was a sensation for a different reason. Um, it was Mexico was changing. The, the, the TV was still monop- was, a, was a monopoly, right? But MTV had just kind of gotten onto the air. The government in Mexico was allowing rock concerts for the first time in decades. Um, and it was right around the time the whole Anne Rice, vampire stat thing happened, and Guns N' Roses had just broke, so that look was was really in. So when I showed up in Mexico, um, it was almost like a, a, like like um, like a pop star type thing because uh, I I was I had the Guns N' Roses look, uh, the long hair and the cowboy boots and the bandanas and all that stuff and. Um, the tattoos, and I was very young, and I was very, very white-skinned and very colorful tattoos, so everybody else in pro wrestling at that time kind of looked like a little ape, and, uh, well, one thing led to another, and uh, I was just so different that they, they, it became a sensation amongst teen girls, and that's kind of what happened, the rock and roll crowd, and I started dating actresses. And, and uh, that was unheard of, that a, a wrestler, especially a foreign one, was dating the biggest singers and the biggest movie stars in the country. So I got my fame from being rebellious and, and being this this bi- Billy Idol, Iggy Pop kind of character. Very, very, very different. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but that's what happened.
1: Absolutely, man. You were very different considering all the you mm-hmm. know, the, the normal, the, the luchadors that were down there people, the legendary luchadors like Dr. Wagner, El Connect, Ed Perot, you all. Know, so there's a, a couple, you know, legendary guys, but they don't look anything like you look. Was there any kind of pullback from them as far as
0: them not really wanting um, to give you the rub? Yeah, all of them. They hated me. But then all of a hmm. sudden, when, when they were, yeah, like I, you know, because I got special treatment right away, I, I, I it was uh, i couldn't i couldn 't stay in a i wasn 't accustomed to the the very low end hotels and, and thirty hour bus rides and I just kind of said you know i, I, I don 't know the language i don 't feel good at least in the hotels I understand the food they're speaking english, so they started letting me stay in the hotel just just for my safety and then um They started flying me, and that didn't get over very well with the the older guys because they were still on the buses in shitty hotels. Um, But as soon as the guys saw that if you're booked with Vampiro, uh, there's probably going to be 30,000 people at the show. And if you're getting a percentage of the door, you're making a lot of money. So let's make sure that that kid doesn't get his ass kicked. Nobody touches him. Let the teen girls scream and uh, let's get paid. So that's kind of what happened for a lot of years. It's great to see
1: money, you know, becoming an influence and then realizing, like, hey, I can make money with this guy, you know, and kind of treating him right. And then there's another big time star that you know very well down there. You had a big time view with him. What was Conan's opinion of you kind of when you were down there? What was that feud like? Was that kind of a, a real life feud where you guys just didn't get along for a period of time?
0: Yeah, I mean, there was no feud. I mean, we just didn't like each other. I mean, I I personally, with all my heart and soul, I can say that I didn't have a problem with him. I didn't like him as a person um, for because we just lived different lifestyles, right? And um, yep. I didn't dislike him. I just moved in different circles and was just a different kind of guy. Uh, we were very young men. And we had a lot of things at our fingertips that most young men don't know how to handle at that age, especially if it's given to you and no one teaches you the responsibility or to be accountable for your success, right? So um, he was, uh, and uh, again, I'm not speaking bad about him, not speaking good about him. He handles stress and pressure a lot different than I do, for example, or you or I or anybody else. So he had a lot of people in his ear because Conan was a huge star. There's no doubt about it. A lot of people don't like him. They can say whatever they want. But at the time, he was a physical specimen, and he was the big star. But he was that uh, powerhouse, Rocky Balboa, Hulk Hogan, musclehead kind of guy. And then you have me, who was like half a woman, and... uh, (laughs) you know, uh, Mick Jagger-ish, very Milli Vanilli, very Billy Idol, very Guns N' Roses, very rock and roll, very thin, very screaming girls, very, um, you know, uh, uh, rebellious rock and roll attitude type thing. So people started to play that against us both. And um, we, you know, it just got to him a lot more than it got to me. Uh, my success in wrestling was one in a million. And, you know, like he he would do angles and storylines and there would be things built around him, for example. I just showed up. I didn't have that. You know, he was in AAA and they were extremely creative. I stayed in the the CMLL, which is fucking (laughs) painfully traditional. Um, Hmm. So I didn't have these angles, right? I just... I was just vampiro, this teen idol sensation. And so that was a big part of the problem too, right? Because no matter what storyline that they would build around him to make him uber famous and it did work, I mean, I would just show up and I would blow all that away by doing nothing. Right. So that was also kind of, kind of what pissed him off. And, and you got to remember too, though, back then the the dollar was different. Right. So the money was, it's, it's insane. We were making stupid money. We were wrestling, you know, 25 to 30 times a week. And if you're making $3,000 a match, do the math. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, and yeah, dude. Crazy. So,
1: and it's crazy to think, you know, how much money you guys are making considering you guys were like the two top dogs down there and, and basically killing it, not only in the wrestling ring, but you guys did a lot of, like, TV and movies and stuff too, right, down there in Mexico?
0: Um, I, I did some movies, I think he did a couple, I think he did one or two or some TV thing. Um, I, I had, I was involved later on in a paranormal TV show, which actually made me was, was more popular than wrestling. If you can believe that it was, it was the weirdest thing, but I was like, you know, I would do these paranormal investigations. I was part of a team and, you know, we used to get 30 to 35 million viewers a show every week. It was crazy, dude. So, the, I, you know, and then, and then I played in a band and I toured. My band has been around for 20 years. We got three or four albums out. And so I, I, I did my thing. Exactly what he did, I don't know, but did he do it? Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Like, he made records. He, he, he was in plays. He did soap operas. Did all kind of shit. Plus, you know, he was Conan. He was a huge deal.
1: And. Besides him, there were so many other guys. I mean, I mentioned a couple of guys. Dr. Wagner actually is still, you know, still a big star. Um, but, you know, little guys like El Dandy and Silvercane, who I just liked. And obviously, you know, they're kind of famous from WCW as well, but they were big stars. The two guys that really stick out to me about your time down there was Pegasus Kid Benoit and then Black Magic Norman Smiley. How great is it to have those guys around when you have all the famous Mexican luchadors, but then you throw those guys into the mix as well?
0: Norman Smiley to the day is, is my best friend. He's the godfather of my child. Um, we basically lived together for like nine years. Um, here's the hotel room. Here's the hotel, okay, on, the, on, on one floor. Devon Ericks, Chris Adams, all the Guerreros, Eddie, Chavo, Mando, Chavo Sr., Um, Hector, King Haku, uh, Nitron, uh, who the hell else was there? Love Machine, Jericho, Smiley, and me. That was who was on that hotel floor for one year. What do you think (laughs) happened? (laughs) It was fucking nuts, dude. It was insane. Insane. Yeah, yeah, it it was out there. Crazy stuff, brother.
1: That sounds like quite an awesome but ha- but lineup but of yeah. wrestlers as far as great, great talent.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was, fuck the wrestling, dude, what we were doing outside during the, <laughs> the parties and, and having <laughs> yeah. fun. And that was what it was all about. Dude. But Norman, there was a time when Norman Smiley, his only job was to make sure I showed up at the arena. Like, they paid Norman. They gave Norman a salary to make sure I showed up at the shows. Oh, wow. Because the promoters were, yeah, because the, the, the money they made off of me it was, was, was was insane. Insane. You got to remember, if, if I would do six shows on a Sunday, uh, you know, and the, the average is, you know, what, 22000 So do the math, man. So the promoters were like, get that fucking guy here. I don't care what happens. I had one promoter rent me a private plane and he slept on the floor outside my, my hotel room door the night before the show. He was, he was petrified that I wasn't going to go because he had, he had <laughs> so much money to be made. Yeah,
1: you protect your own he doesn't family.
0: worry about losing money. He was like, no, no, no. It's going to be like a $400,000 house. You get your fucking ass there. Wow. So it was a different time, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was very, 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 very unbelievable. Even to this day, if you hear the stories, it's kind of like you're kidding me. Like, no, not really. That's how it happened.
1: The CMLL is, like you said, traditional, and obviously the, probably the. I think it's the. World's oldest wrestling promotion And it's very traditional in its ways But did you like working for them better Or did you like when you, you know, years later Worked for AAA Which, you know, which promotion do you You know, better find yourself at
0: I, I don't think I understood What was going on um, It was too much too soon And then, and then like anything hmm. else At that level of intensity, it burns out And then you You're, you're left that's when I learned pretty quick that you get kicked to the curbside when you're not the flavor of the month anymore. So they kind of wash your hands in you, um, I don't know if I mishandled my situation in CMLL, but I was growing up and I was changing and I wanted to, 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 to expand and I wanted to learn and I was tired of being this teen idol guy. So I started going to Japan and being more independent and one thing led to another and I was, uh, you know, I the only reason I didn't go to AAA is because I didn't need to because of the the amount of work I had and plus um, just the headache and of Conan I didn't want to deal with. But I was extremely loyal to Antonio Pena, rest in peace. And uh, when I finally we finally buried the hatchet and got over our stupidity, um, it was a pleasure and an honor to to finally work for him in AAA. You know, so I had more I've. I didn't have fun in any one of them at the time. I hated it. I hated AAA. I fucking hated the CMLL. I hated it. I hated it so much it made me depressed, and I actually quit the business and kind of became an alcoholic. I was just like, I hate this. It was just too much bullshit. But thanks to Lucha Underground and the new relationship I have with Dorian Roldan and his family, I absolutely love Working in wrestling again. I love Lucha Underground. I absolutely love AAA. I'm very happy. I've got a I've got a great position that I'm doing work for both companies. Um, it's just fun right now. And uh, as as much as I love Lucha Underground, AAA is right there.
1: It's a fun time to be a wrestling fan, you know. From my point of view, AAA you can watch it. You can high pay per view. You can stream. They were even on last year. we were on American pay per view you got the Lucha World Cup, all the sort of cool stuff that, that they do and that's out there. And then you add in the fact that Lucha Underground is just an awesome episodic television show. But If I could ask you about your time in WCW, because that was a large portion of your – well, a small portion of your career, but a large fan base remembers you from WCW. Is that something you look back and you liked your time in WCW, or is it something you were just like, yeah it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be?
0: Um, I, 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 I'm thankful for the fans, uh, remembering me. I'm surprised that Vampiro is popular again. Is that the right thing to say? Maybe I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right yep, word. Yep. Um, WCW, I, 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 I was held back. I was blocked. There was a lot of shit that happened there. I was disappointed in it. But I did learn a lot. I learned a lot from Ric Flair. I learned a lot from Sting, even though he doesn't like me. Um, Hogan, all the cool guys. I made a lot of good friends. Uh, The good thing that it taught me was, was how to be a professional because I met a lot of people behind the scenes that prepped me for the work I'm doing now. So my time as a wrestler in WCW, I absolutely did not like it. I loved going on tour and meeting the fans and I'm still in touch with some of the very cool people and I read the comments. Uh, I'm just grateful that I have this opportunity now because I feel I still have more to give and I hope the fans that supported me in WCW are going to watch me now because I feel like I'm just getting started.
1: And you think about then, I know you mentioned Muda before and teaming with Muda, only for a short period of time you and Muda won the tag titles but you guys are a part of that dark carnival with ICP and stuff. Is that something that a lot of the fans bring up to you? And, and that they remember that you were a tag champ with Muda and that's got to be pretty cool for you because you named him as you know, one of your idols. Yeah,
0: it was an honor for me. I mean, there's one match I watch it every now and then on, on YouTube where I, I wrestled against Muda and you can see that he's that I'm a student of him i i I match him move for move the way he walks the the positioning of his arms, his hands, the snapping movements and his i I copied to him to a key. so uh shit it it's so dope that 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 I got that experience right It's just not very often that you you get to in the wrestling business, every time you meet your idols, just like rock and roll, you're pretty much disappointed, right? Because you're usually a fucking dick. Um, mm. Muda was so cool. M- Muda was one of the guys. He, he was just he was just so cool, and he just did his job, and he was happy, and no matter what you wanted him to do, he did it. And uh, it was just a pro, man. It was, just, it was just a humbling experience. I was embarrassed. When they took the belts away from us so quick, I, I begged and pleaded that they pin me and not pin him. I was kind of like, come on, fuck you know that's muda, and you guys are doing this. It's so stupid. So um, th- there was good and bad moments, my friend. A lot of good moments with the fans. A lot of shitty moments behind the scenes.
1: Yes, yeah, some of the hotshot book- booking that was going on there then kind of sucked. You guys obviously for name value and in ring was. Which- Awesome tag team, and I, I love that Dark Carnival gimmick. That was cool. But you mentioned you and Sting not really getting along. You're the brothers teams, and teens and you guys were a team, and then you feuded. Was that just some behind-the-scenes stuff? You guys just – you know, you said he didn't like you or you guys didn't get along. Is that
0: basically you – know, I've heard that he doesn't like me. I, I hear – you know, um, I think if they would have left us as, as a tag team, we probably – probably would have been a different story that we'd be telling right now. You know what I mean? I think if they mm-hmm. would have ran with that, that would have probably been one of the all-time most popular wrestling tag teams ever, right? It uh, had that potential just because of him, because of WCW, because of the, the, the storyline of, of the passing of the torch, um, the way the ratings were going. Sting bringing that credibility and then me bringing the new style. People were into it. They wanted it. It, it should have happened. Why they stopped it and put me against him right away, I, I I probably would have held off on that one a little longer if it was up to me, but um, that worked too. But I, I just, you know, professional jealousy and stupidity and, and, and everybody getting into Sting's ears. How can this young guy come in and paint his face and it's kind of, like, young guy I was like, motherfucker, I've been doing this for 17 years before I got here. I've, I've, I've done the fuck, I've toured the world for, for, since, you know, fuck, I've been to Japan, like, 30 times. Been in Mexico on the road, non-stops. Been wrestling since 1984. It's 1997. What the fuck are you guys talking about, new guy? So that kind of shit pissed me off a lot. And they were racist. They thought I was Mexican because I came from Mexico with the with AAA and everybody else. And I would hear what they would say and the way they would talk to me. And I was like, you guys are so fucking stupid. I, I'm from Canada. And, I, and, and everything that you, you know, it was just, it was just too much, man. It's too much. Yeah, I didn't. That, 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 that kind of stuff, even to this day, it still bothers me because, you know, you put stupid people in charge of people's lives unfortunately these young men and women getting into the wrestling business false promises you know a lot of bad shit happens which is why i'm very proud to say that in lucha underground we don't do that i mean we're even going to start a a program we're going to try to start to figure the way to teach our people how to start budgeting and saving money man because pro wrestling has a great entrance plan but it's got a pretty shitty exit plan so all of my things that I'm doing now and giving back and thinking the way I'm thinking and talking to you like I am, I'm I'm actually in love with my job for the first time. This is the 34th year of my career, but it's the happiest. It's the first time I can say that I'm enjoying things. Which
1: is awesome to hear, and it's awesome to see Lucha Underground is on the roll that it's on. Now, I didn't ask you this before, but I meant to ask you. We talked about Pentagon Jr. with Lucha Underground, but who else do you see there as a big-time star? I mean, Pentagon is, for me, one of the future bright guys that's just going to be the star of the show. But do you think a guy like Phoenix or Arrowstar, who are some of the names that you're looking at that, man, these guys are just amazing?
0: Um, everybody. You know, Matanza, Marty the Moth, um, to name a few. It's everybody. Dante Fox, Killshot. Those guys, Dante Fox, Killshot, those are two of the best wrestlers ever, ever. Those two guys, I mean, a- anybody, Jeremiah Craig, you know, all our talents, all the people coming up, you know, the girls, uh, we got a tight roster, man. There isn't anybody who, who doesn't belong there. The good thing about us is any show, any time, any match, any combination will be a superstar match. So we're not basing our company on who's the next big thing. The next big thing is Lucha Underground is just going to get that much more awesome. That, that's safer to say it like that.
1: I like that. Well, Sir Lucha Underground is a great show, and I love that, you know, I watch the, the English version, on the not but if you get the Spanish version and you're on both, is it kind of no. hard doing the
0: double duty? No, not at all. I mean, it's what I do anyways, right? And who mm-hmm. else is going to do it?
4: How cool is it to find right. a
0: white guy? With my profile speaking Spanish, street Spanish. I mean, it's a cool, it's, it's, that's, where the fuck are you going to find that?
1: Yep. That is true. And it's pretty cool with uh, Melissa uh, Melissa Santos as well, who does both shows, which is great.
0: Yeah. You know, and then with Hugo, I get along with Hugo. He definitely comes from a different school than Matt. Uh, Hugo's older. Um, His style, his training, his philosophy of the business is different. Uh, he was from the generation before me. So we that tension that our friendship is strong, um, and, and I back him 100%, but just the fact that where I'm super aggressive and animated and he's very traditional and very re- politically correct, um, it's, it's a good magic. And I say so much shit. That has nothing to do with anything I put, you know, just to, just to mess him up um, So I think that works too hmm.
1: Now as I start to wind it down a bit here A guy of your stature A guy that's been around, like you said, for a long Been doing this Now you're in all these different roles But looking back at the in-ring wrestling career Where is your favorite place to wrestle? Was it Mexico or Mexico City? Is that like kind of what you think of as Some of your favorite moments Looking back at your career?
0: My favorite places, um, there was a bar in Detroit that I did some ICP shows with, JCW okay. shows. It was just so small, and, and the people, there was no chairs, and the people were just, like, at the bar, and they can basically stick their arm out, and they would be in the ring, you know? That was <clears> my, one of my favorites. There was another place in Germany like that. It was just packed, fucking packed, man, and it was just a small little bar. I loved that. Um, before Seamus went to WWE, we had a match on St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, and it was freezing, and he looks like a, you know, a, a big pink lab rat in the cold, you know, just <laughs> he's fucking whiter yeah. than I am, and, and we were changing in the alleyway, and there was only maybe 20 people at the show, but it was so cool. It was in Ireland, and it was St. Paddy's Day, and across the street there was a church and a big Gothic cemetery, and it was just me and him, and it was, it was like, fucking hell, man, this is cool. Italy, the same thing I had experiences in Italy, Italy like that. Mexico was just insane, man. Mexico was was number one. Japan, everywhere, Japan, L.A., New York, every, I just this is too many, man. There isn't one that's better than the other because it's all made by magical people, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And speaking of Japan, I remember, I believe it was all Japan. It had to be all Japan. You versus Kawada, I just remember thinking about how stiff that was and just that being crazy. Was that uh, like a fun match for you with Kawada, or was that a little painful, and then you just gave it right back to him as far as uh, some of those stiff kicks?
0: No, uh, he's, one of my, he's one of the guys I copied off of that stiff style. I pretty much took everything from him for a long time. So when I wrestled him, he was like, he didn't want to be there. He looked at me like a, you know, a goof. (laughs) He was this big, famous guy, and he was like, why the fuck do I got to come and wrestle this guy? And uh, (laughs) he didn't want to do much. So uh, what are you going to do? I had to fight, and I just fucking hit him. Turned out okay, I guess.
1: Yes. And uh, he's definitely, if you think about it, one of the all-time greats, especially as far as Japanese wrestling. But it's just great to see, you know, he's going to stiff somebody, and they're going to stiff him right back. He's, uh, he kind of, you know, mimicked his, his kick and got him with a oh,
0: nice stiff Oh, kick. yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, yeah, there was some forearms and elbows and stuff. But what I like about it is you put me anywhere. It's always been in the main event, and I've always worked against the top guys, and I've always worked their style. So, I, I, I'm i proud of that.
1: Now, thinking of not just Japan, but just all around in your whole career, and you mentioned some great matches. We talked about Kona and Muda and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite match or maybe a couple of favorite matches you can think of in your career?
0: Favorite matches? I haven't had it yet. Where does that They've Pentagon all been my favorite, man. Match, right? hmm. I I I I approach every single match a hundred percent. It's just a new experience, man. I just go all out. So, where does the Pentagon? The the, the one I, the reason I like the Pentagon match because because uh, I was involved in creating uh, creating something special and giving somebody a chance. That's why that meant much to me. Um, I don't know, dude. All the matches were fucking cool. It was the aftermath. That was the awesome part, you know, the fans and the screaming fans and not being able to get out of the building and the girls and just just people going bananas. Um, it was pretty crazy, man. Like, I've, I had police escorts in and out of buildings. Um, I don't know. That was way more cool to me than getting my fucking head kicked in. <laughs>
1: You're a, you're a rock star.
0: Oh, I, I am in my own mind.
1: <laughs> now, you've we mentioned so many good opponents and stuff, but can you talk about some of the, your favorite opponents as far as chemistry and in-ring, like guys you just love working with, maybe it could be a, like a shocker or, you know, we mentioned Muda and stuff. Is there some, some guys that you just love wrestling?
0: Yeah, Macias uh, was probably one. Uh, Sting. Uh, Norman Smiley, um, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn's a cool guy, man, and we just clicked. Raven and I had in ring chemistry that was pretty fucking badass. Uh, yeah, when he's not being a dick, Doctor Wagner, we get along pretty good. Mm. Shit, yeah, that's kind of it, you know. Any pretty much anybody, man. Peter C- Atten Morgan, with, I had a lot of chemistry with. Oh, yeah. With
1: uh, Raven, and I know you had some good matches in, in
0: TNA, did you want to
1: stay with TNA, or is that just like kind of a one-shot deal and, and you were gone?
0: Um, it was a shitty time. My marriage was kind of starting to fall apart, and I had just gotten... I, it was some injuries and there wasn't an WCW anymore. And Paul E was like notoriously not answering his phone and I couldn't get anything going. And it was just like, fuck, what am I going to do here? My life was falling apart. So when I went in there, um, it wasn't the greatest atmosphere for me. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't really want to be there. I had to be there because I had a family to support. Um, And I I had a little bit of an attitude because of my bad experiences with Jeff Jarrett and WCW, and I unfortunately was was foolish enough to let that um, mess up my TNA stay at the time. I've since smoothed all that out, but at the time, I probably should have approached it differently.
1: I got you. And at the end of WCW, was there ever any approach from Vince or from WWE about you going there? Or was it never even a thought?
0: Yeah, WC- WWE called me and told me that they could not think of anything to do with me creatively, and uh, they let me go. Hmm.
1: Was it was it Vince or was it uh, Johnny Ace or who's like the point person
4: at that point?
0: Um. Richard.
4: Oh, okay. Hey, Vamp, I just want to jump on. I'm Chad, the co-host of the show. My uh, my uh, my other, my co-host here didn't give me the heads up that we were uh, ready to roll, so I've been on for about the last 20 minutes. So I'm just going to close out with the last two questions here, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, sure, dude.
4: It's great to talk to you, man. It's, uh, I've been listening, and it's been riveting. So, uh, basically, as we wrap it up, uh, the way we look at it is when you look back at what you're doing now, obviously, in Lucha Underground, you're doing such an amazing job and all these places that you've been in your career. Do you think your legacy is complete, or when you look back at what you've done, you know what would your legacy be in professional wrestling?
0: Oh, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm going to have one. I, I, to be honest with you, dude, I'm so happy to be part of the team, Lucha Underground, behind the scenes, the job I got and all that shit. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool with it. The whole Vampiro thing, every time I try to think about it, because that's part of the past. I, I, I Sometimes I don't even remember it, you know what I mean? It's kind of like I, I can't believe that that was what I did. I'm a different guy. I'm in a different place. I have a different life. I don't even think about that. I, I think I would be embarrassed to say I, I should have a legacy. I ain't got that kind of ego, you know what I mean? Um, I think I just did my time. I'm, I'm different. I've influenced people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aggressively... Uh, Stuck in my ways as an old school punk rock guy, and I, I, I think there's still use for me, and I have a lot to give. I think the best of what I'm gonna do is about to come. So my legacy, fuck, I don't know, man. I just want to be a good dad, and uh, I have a, a gym, and I want that to be successful, and I want to be the best at what I can do in my job. So I don't know what's what's my legacy, man. You know, who knows? If I can help somebody make it in this business, that that's a, and they say, hey. I made it because he, he guided me. That would be a pretty cool legacy.
4: No, that is a definitely cool legacy. And what you're doing now is absolutely unbelievable. And obviously this new generation of fans that can either go back and watch what you've done or wait for you to do more in the future, I know that they will not be disappointed. And, of course, you can catch Lucia Underground every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern on the El Ray Network. But if the fans want to reach out, if they want to find out more, about Vampiro, where can the fans and listeners of the two-man power trip of wrestling go ahead and do so?
0: Um, there's a, I got a Facebook page for Vampiro, and it's it said just in Vampiro. I don't know how to find it. And it's a picture – it's my picture from Lucha Underground. And you can tell by the the posts that are on there that it's me. People send me messages, and I try to uh, leave videos and answer every single friggin' message that come in. That would be the best place. So Twitter – The Twitter, it's it's Vampiro underscore Vampiro. Um, Those are probably the two best places, man.
4: Awesome. And again, it's Lucha Underground every Wednesday night on the El Ray Network at 8 p.m. Eastern. And this has been Vampiro, and thank you so much. This has been unbelievable. And like I said, I'm going to bury my partner again for... uh, I didn't get the the great heads up to get back on the line, but uh, this was awesome to hear, and uh, I really think everybody's going to enjoy.
0: Cool. Thank you very much, man. And Make sure your fans know that I'm grateful. And uh, it was a great interview. I hope I answered the questions the right way. And and thanks for your time, man. Hope you have me on again.
1: Thank you. Would love to. Oh, absolutely. Cool.
3: Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the
4: world is downloading.